All right, welcome to Weeknights. This is the very first episode of Weeknights. I am JD, a.k.a. He Who Pods, and I'm here with... I go by Dash, or Dashing D, or... um, A.k.a. The King of R&B. Yeah, you know what I mean? And don't y'all forget it. Exactly. Been the king, always gonna be the king. That's it. Keeping it light, you know what I mean? Let them yeah. know. Yeah. All right. You better read So, that's, they, they got to recognize. You know what yep. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, we diving right in today. We will be wasting no time here. We got a lot to talk about. Wait a minute. Before you dive in, let me just, let me ask you something. Okay. <laughs> let me ask you. What was the most shocking thing in the past week? Do you want this to be multiple choice or you want to pick one? I mean, it's Cat Williams. (laughs) Was there something more shocking? Halle Bailey finally told her she had a baby. (laughs) I thought that's what you were going to say. That was not shocking. No, it wasn't. Because we've known that. And even if we didn't know, for Christmas, they did a little fake uh, pajama shoot where you could see her bump, and they made sure you saw her bump. Or you saw her baggy shirt. She didn't really have a bump anymore. She just had, like, the... Like, the shirt was bagging. Yeah. You know? And and for a... For a, a slim and trim girl like her, woman. You right. Know, this, but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I just... I was just wondering. I just... I just... You know, the, so the most shocking was Cat Williams. Or rather, everything he said, you know. He said a lot. But the Bailey, the Bailey lady having a baby. No. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. He probably can. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Probably not. All right. Well, but yeah, so we should get into the the Cat Williams of it all. We should. So for those who don't know, I don't know how, how you would not know. know? I have no idea how you could not know, but Cat Williams completely broke the internet. Uh, it is still in shambles. <laughs> Where are we at? For those it's who don't know. Over 30 million views at this point. I just checked right before hitting record. Where it's currently at 35 million views. Wow. I think, I think this is so interesting because when it got to 2 million, or no, when it got to 5 million, Cat Williams does his nightcap show with Ocho Cinco. Shannon Sharp. Oh. So good, I got your back. Shannon Sharp does his show with Ocho Cinco, nightcap. And they have a conversation about how, you know, he said he knew that this was going to be big. And he held on to it to drop it in the new year. But he said when he thought this was going to be big, he thought 2.5 million views. That was where he capped it. And then, as he's talking to Ocho Cinco, he's like, well, obviously we've passed 2.5 million views now. And he's like, I think maybe we'll end up somewhere around 12 million views. I believe he said 12. And Ocho said no. Ocho said it's going to be way more than that. Yeah, he was like, you're out of here. Like, this is, this is going to go crazy. And he's like, yeah, I think we're going to end up somewhere around there. Over 30 million views is crazy. 
Yeah, currently at 35. I mean, some, sometimes you will never know, right? That's the yeah. interesting thing about content creation. You don't know if it's going to get four views, 40 views, 400,000 views, or 40 million views. You just That's don't true. know. And um, what's interesting is prior to Cat Williams, the highest seen episode was Steve Harvey with 8.9 million views. And so this has tremendously passed it. I mean, it is doing ridiculous numbers. And uh, I'm very happy for Shannon Sharp. And uh, he and his team are putting on a clinic, a masterclass on content creation and how to play the game. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Shannon Sharp and his team. We're here to talk about Cat Williams. Listen. And the gun show, because he came out, bow, bow, bow. Wait, I had a shotgun too. Bow. I mean. Oh, man. Assault rifle. Just yeah. spraying bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a Gatling gun with him. I just, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say, because... What do you say? He said something about everybody. Every every comedian you could think of was named. Even people who were not comedians were named. And to be fair, Shannon Sharp did ask him specific questions about certain people yes, in certain did. situations. Um, just <laughs> just because I, I think he was just like, well, you have opinions. And you're willing right. to offer them. Because <laughs> so, right. at one point he goes, tell me what you think about... Um, Tory Lanez and Meg Thee Stallion. Because, you know, you you have opinions. Right. <laughs> I was just like, okay. How do we yep. get here? But all right. Yeah, and he didn't hold back any punches. Even with that, he was like, if neither one of you want to say the girl shot the girl, then shit is just going to go the way it's going to go. But right. if you're not going to tell the truth, which is that the girl shot the girl, then that's it. And I was like, oh, so he thinks Kelsey shot Meg too. Okay, got it. It was... He said a lot. He did. He said a lot. And there's clearly people who he's not fond of. Yep. He loves D.L. Hughley. Yep. Let's get that. And out. Bernie Mac. And Wanda Sykes. Sykes. And Dave Chappelle. Not Smith. Sykes. Correct. That's right. And Dave Chappelle. Yep. Everybody else can go. Well, <laughs> apparently everyone else is on the same squad. That's what he said. Right. Right. Or they're just wearing dresses, which is, you know. And he don't like that either. It's hard to like the emasculation of black men. Sure. I mean, we can talk about that another time if you like, but that's what he said. That's what he said. Well, I saw the interview. Oh, go ahead. You first. No, I was just going to say, I understand I understand where he's coming from. I also think that people, you know, accept the bottom sometimes. So there's also that. Okay. Well, you know, we could we could we could talk about it another time, perhaps. But I wanted to say I saw the interview in its entirety, and it was the next day I saw it Thursday morning, 
And so it was still at maybe 4.6 million views at the time, Mm -hmm. but the internet was already buzz, 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 buzzing. Um, And I know everyone is focused on all of the quote unquote shots he was busting. Um, But what I also found interesting was there was just a lot I learned about Cat Williams. I am a Cat Williams fan. Me and Dre used to go see Cat Williams all the time. Mm -hmm. And even in that, there was still a bunch of stuff about his life I had no clue about. I didn't know Cat Williams was a genius with a 100 and I think it was 162 IQ score, it says on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know he was this childhood prodigy who could have been in college at 12 and a doctor at, you know, he's he was Doogie Howser. You didn't know he read 3,000 books a year. Oh. All right. Yep. He also said that. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, Wait, let's not glaze over that. Let's not. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that was the most important thing. But all right, it was ahead. not the most important thing. But I think that there's a question of credibility here. <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe it was. I guess hyperbole. Maybe and maybe not. Yeah, eight books a day every day to read 3,000 books a year. Someone did the math and made sure they tried to exploit Cat Williams and that he's lying. But also, if at 12, if you have 162 IQ, how fast you could read? I'm sure you could read very fast. It, it was just a then, question then of whether eight books a day is not impossible. impossible. That depends. Okay. Listen, I don't know. I don't I've know. never tried to read eight books again. And we don't know what type of books he's reading. Maybe each book is not some huge, thick Harry Potter book. You know, maybe it's more stuff on the slimmer side. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think us mere mortals, we like to try to pick apart the teeny tiny things that genius level people say and do. And. I think sometimes it's unnecessary. Like from the two hours and 45 minute interview, that's what stood out to this person that it's impossible to read that many books in a year. It's like, all right, hater. Like that's, that's, that's what you got from the two hours and 45 minutes. That was the biggest thing you took from the interview. I don't think it, I don't, I don't think that's the point here. And that's why I, I said it took I think question. people people want to major in the minors. Like why why is that what you walked away focusing on? I don't think that's the that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say to you. I don't think that that's what that equates to here. Now maybe that person is someone on the internet who just has nothing better to do and that's all they took away from it. However, I think bringing it up as part of the conversation is okay and the reason why is because Cat Williams came out and said a lot of things and made a lot of accusations about a lot of situations and people. And I think once that happens, then people start to question truth. And when people say things that don't add up, maybe this is not the thing that we want to make sure he's telling the truth on because who cares whether he read 3,000 books a year or not. But the question is, then, is everything else he's saying true? I'm not saying I believe him or don't believe him. I'm just saying, when you think about it in that way, there's a different conversation to be had. Not whether he read 3,000 books or not, but 
whether everything he said is exaggerated or made up or whatever. Do I think he made all of it up? No. But I'm just saying that when someone comes out and they have this and this and this and this and this to say, or they're disputing claims that other people have made, because a lot of what he was doing was saying, oh, well, this person came on your podcast and they said, said this and that's not true. I think when uh -huh. you're starting to have a conversation about truth, a person's credibility becomes important to you, right? When you're trying to figure out whether this is the person you should believe or that's the person you should believe or somewhere in the middle is the truth, which is probably the most accurate, right? The truth is probably somewhere in between those two things. But so it may not be important to get caught up on the details of how many books he read or, you know, how fast he could run, which I see he did go on the internet, he put a video on the internet proving how fast he could run. See, I didn't even see that. Look at that. Yeah, he's in a he's on a basketball court and he's running and then he shows the speed. Um, he put that out, I think, this morning. So oh, okay. either this morning or yesterday. Um, so that's the only reason why I think it's relevant is is the the single singular thing important on its own? No, but I think when we're talking about if a person is telling the truth or not, then we have to we have to take into account whether they were truthful or not. And if there's things where you see, oh, this may not have been true. Well, was he telling the truth about everything else? Now, what I do believe is that maybe it was hyperbole. He's a he's a comedian. They do exaggerate the things that they say. They um, they have to, what did he say to Shannon Sharp? Uh, my, my only job is to be funny. Right. Um, so I think that's important too. I think, you know, certain things you do have to take with a grain of salt because you can't, unless you can fact check it and, you know, like him running across the, we'll probably never know about the books, but that's fine. I'm just, I'm just trying to give a bigger picture idea of why people may be thinking about some of the things he said sure but then seek out the things that we can prove because like you said we may never know about the books right mm -hmm. now what we do know is there's footage that has been found of phase on love speaking about the problems between steve harvey and bernie mac what mm -hmm. we do know is there's footage that's come out of cedric doing the joke and cat williams doing the joke before him what we do know is there's footage that came out from years ago of Steve Harvey on the radio talking shit about Cat Williams. Those things we do know. Mm -hmm. That's where the effort should go then. Like if it, you want to you wanna highlight something that we probably can't prove at all, what's the point of that? Sure. To me, if, if, I if, my, if I'm going to sit there and say, okay, I'm a huge skeptic. I'm going to press pause every time he says something and try to go find whether it's true or not the books would not be one of the things that would even make that list because like that is that's that's not the meat and potatoes of the interview the meat and potatoes of the interview is really two specific points one people have come up here and lied about myself and others and so i mm. need to tell the truth and two there's a squad in black hollywood that does things together and against others. And I need to highlight both of these things that intertwine, whether that's Diddy or Kevin Hart or Steve Harvey, 
I'm going to mm-hmm. come up here and speak about how it is intertwined and they are doing things to black men in Hollywood. Yes. Those are the things that were the overarching messages of the pot of the episode. Sure. So that's why I'm like, but then who gives a fuck about a book that he read or didn't read? Like, Well, we may not care, but, and, and you're saying it's something that we can't prove. Technically, you, well, you said that you said you said we probably won't ever know about the books. We won't ever know if if he physically did it or not. But what we do know is that if you do the math, it's eight it books a day. Seem, it doesn't seem possible. I mean, right? also, he Based doesn't have that. a nine to five. Well, no, and he was a kid when when he's saying he was reading all those books. So it's it's possible. Anything, anything right. is possible. But I'm just saying, I think that that was where some of the some of the questioning of certain details um, came from. Now, maybe I'm I wrong. Think, I think maybe a kid maybe it was completely insignificant um, when people ask the question, but maybe it wasn't. I mean, I think it's a moot point, but fine. If people disagree, that's cool. But think about this. You're a 12-year-old who's who's unemployed and homeless and spending eight hours in the library every day. Quite possible to read 3,000 books. Was it 12 when he left home? 12 or 13, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. He said he left. He was in Florida in the library for eight hours a day. I mean, at 13, what books are you reading? At 13, where you're educating yourself and there's no scholastic anything involved, no academic anything involved, you are the academics. Yeah, you can go to, the, you can go to a library and spend a day there and say, all right, this book is 120 pages. I mean, he probably could read that in minutes if he's a speed reader, which that probably should be the follow-up question. But a speed reader reads those pages in minutes. Sure. I don't really know. I don't I, I, I read at my own pace. I don't really ever worry about it. I mean I read slow, but it's not me who's being put under the radar. I'm a slow reader. I don't question it. My thing is let's question some shit that matters if we're gonna question the interview. Sure. I I hear what you're saying. Um and I don't really think we had to question too much because people came out and said what they said. I think there yeah, was and then there's that. people came out and gave clips of whatever it was. Ice Cube, Ice Cube said, hey, listen, that's not exactly how this happened. Um, I think it's always going to come down to hearsay, right? This person's word against another person's word, because there's only so much fact that you can... Like, I didn't, I, I, I mean, this wasn't on my radar. I'm not the biggest uh, stand-up comedy person. So I didn't know anything about this alliance he was talking about. I found it very interesting and very, very, and very fascinating. Um, I didn't know how much he had written, which I find that interesting and fascinating as well. I didn't know mm. the stuff about his childhood either. Right. Which also very interesting. I'm always interested in biographical information about people who are otherwise elusive. Um, just because it's interesting to know their background and how they got to where they're going and, you know, what 
troubles they went through, uh, what triumphs they went through, how they how they got there. I think that's right. I think your story, your journey is important. Um, and while you know, I know some people just kind of want to get whatever entertainment out of celebrities. I actually find it interesting when they share things about their lives or their their upbringing and you know um because sometimes it does just look like oh you were just famous and that's it and right that's not true about anybody so right everybody has a backstory everybody has a life outside of the spotlight and i just find it really interesting um what were the things that stood out to you though What, what was really like or what was the most shocking thing you learned Oh, for me, that he was a genius and was going to be Doogie Hauser. Like, I never knew that. I never would have guessed that. That was impossible for me to ever guess or know. Um, that was, to me, that was the biggest shock. And maybe because I'm, I'm interested in stuff like that. But to me, that was way more shocking than, oh, these people lied. Or someone asked me to suck their penis so I could get a role. I mean, that's not shocking. We speak about that all the time. I mean, that's Hollywood's style we said ourselves we know that that's built into the foundation of hollywood so that didn't surprise me much uh that's so what sad. surprised me was what i said that's so sad that that's true i mean that's what hollywood does right um that's that's to me that that was what i walked away with it with I walked away with it thinking, man, who knew that this guy was this much of a brainiac? Like, who knew that this guy was... I mean, we know he's a genius-level comedian. We know he's an amazing comedian. And uh, also, I didn't know the stuff about him being so independent with his music. uh, Excuse me, with his management and the way he runs his business. I never knew any of those behind-the-scenes things. It was really interesting to hear that. Uh, that he's done all these specials pretty much independently and all of those things. That was really interesting. But once you start saying I was friends with Prince and we knew each other for years, that makes total sense because what has Prince been known to tell people? Own your shit. Do your things independently. Yeah. And so, yeah. And Prince was also a very young prodigy. I mean, million dollar deal at 18, right? And so... For that person to meet up with another young person who's also highly intellectual and independent, it makes sense that they would gel and and, and Prince yeah. would say, here's what I've learned in this industry. As you enter uh, a similar or parallel part of the industry, because it's all, all entertainment, but different subsections, here's some gems that may be able to help you. Yeah, that makes sense to me that that would be part of the conversation. Um so that's those are the things I I walked away with that were the, the most shocking, the most important. What about you? I had a thought and then I and then I forgot it. But what I will say, I'm sure it'll come back to me. What I will say is, when it comes to the the joke stealing stuff, mm-hmm. as a creator. That that hit me. I felt that. There is... It's like 
if you don't, if you're not a creator, you pro it's probably harder to understand. Not to say you can't understand it, but it's probably harder right. to understand when someone steals your idea or steals your whole thing that you do. Right. Um, I something that I noticed was really big a couple years ago was like um, artists who would put up these. Um, particularly black artists, mainly because I was following them, so that's why I know about them specifically. But they would, they would put up their artwork or try to sell their prints online, and then they would go on like Pinterest, or people who followed them would go on Pinterest and find all of these images that were supposedly someone else's, but it was their original work. Right. There, there is just something. Or there's like this thing that people do when you're a creator, not necessarily like Cat Williams, but when you, when they'll say, oh, I'm going to take that or, you know, or they, they're like, oh, I got this from you or, you know, and there's no, there's no, you don't get anything out of that. They get something out of that. You don't necessarily get anything out of that. I say all that to say, I can understand finding out that somebody was telling your joke, the joke that you sat there and wrote, the, the joke right. that you perfected, because he talked about, and I thought this was really interesting, and maybe that's the thing that stood out the most to me, is is the time that it takes to prepare. Perfect the joke. And perfect the joke. Yeah. You, when, you're, when you're not a comedian, at least for me, I don't think about that. Yeah. I just think they have these jokes and they tell these jokes and people laugh or they don't. I don't really think about it as a process. Like I'm going to write yeah. this thing and I'm writing out words, but it's not, you know, it's not fleshed out yet. And then I got to, you know, try to try to make, make what I wrote more personable. And then I got to, you know, put a little sauce on it. I got to make sure it's funny. I got to make sure everything flows together properly. And then I got to get on stage and I got to say it in a cadence that makes sense, in a cadence yep. that people will understand and laugh. And I have to be able to string it all together so that when they receive it and when I voice it, it sounds like something they want to hear. It's something that makes them laugh because maybe it's the inflection of my voice or maybe, you know, it's the way I look up at the crowd or maybe it's my right. silence that cues to them that they should laugh. So right. I think that's really interesting. Um, I would have never really thought about that. And I don't think I've ever heard another comedian describe it that way. Like, when I see Dave Chappelle do his stand-up, sometimes he has his notes with him. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me. Like, as a creator, I take notes all the time about a million different things. Sometimes I'm taking notes about things that I may never, ever even look back at. But that's my process, right? Like, right. as I make my way throughout the week, I'm, like, writing things down. Like, Halle Bailey had said, said <laughs> he had the baby. <laughs> or... <laughs> Or maybe, or maybe, or or maybe, you know, I'm sitting on the train and I'm hearing a couple arguing, and I think that's really interesting. And maybe that right. that that triggers a topic in my mind for hardly minding my business. Like it could be anything, right? 
Right. But but I do. I always have a notebook with me and I'm always like writing things down. So I totally understand that part of the process. But then going back to it and trying to figure out how to, you know, how tweak to create it. it, how to tweak it. I just didn't think about <clears> that before. And I do that as a podcaster. Like I'll, I have videos that are just me practicing my topics. Um, so I get it. And, and it, that really resonated with me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's how you become one of the top comedians, you yeah. know, in the world. Because there's a lot of practice and there's a lot of repetition and, you know, just Absolutely. a lot of input that comes that comes with it. And I think sometimes when we don't get to see those things about people and, and what they do, um, we just see what they do. So it was nice right. to have that insight um it was also i mean it was tea right because oh lots of tea (laughs) lots of tea it was a lot of tea hey let me ask you who who you think had the weakest response so far okay so i gotta be honest i haven't seen all of them oh okay all right i haven't i haven't seen all of them because cedric responded luda responded Ice Cube um, responded. Kevin Hart Ice Cube responded. responded. Kevin Hart responded. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say Kevin Hart. <laughs> you mean... yeah. I was going to say Kevin Hart just because I feel like. I feel like this is. I feel like this is boring, right? I feel like this part of it, the responses are boring. Come on, write some jokes. The boys got to get yeah. in the lab. Write the jokes. And, do and, and Luda, write some, do write some bars. And let me see your next show, and then I will decide about your response. Because that's what I want to see. The same way we call on the rappers and we're like, hey, get in the studio and write something back. Or get, in your little, get on your phone and, and type something out. When Drake and Kanye are fighting, or Jim Jones and... and, and uh, Pusha T. Pusha T. I don't know why I couldn't remember Pusha T's name. It's all good. When, when these guys are feuding and we're like, okay, get to it, write some rhymes, uh, where, where are the bars? That's what I want to see from these comedians. Like, you yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think people were scrambling to respond because it was happening so fast, right? Like, and it just, went from nobody knowing to it being this big boom of content. Yeah. And I think that that's what kind of made them rush to respond. Um, yeah, I want yeah, jokes. Kevin Hart. Yeah, I mean, and we'll never get it from him. But I want jokes. I want somebody to come. Oh, I disagree. I think Kevin Hart will respond. I just don't think it'll be good. You're probably right about that. Yeah, he'll do a special. He does specials all the time. He'll do a special and he'll mention it, but it'll be a long time from now, and we'll forget that it even happened. And he'll bring it up, and he'll joke, and the joke will be subpar, like they've been. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do think, and and we have to move on because we're we're running out of time. But um, I do think there's another topic to discuss, where Cat Williams was clearly saying, "I'm one of the best comedians ever," mm-hmm. and that's cool. But I think there's a different conversation when you speak about the trajectory that some of these people are on and wanted to be on, right? Like Cat wanted to be the best comedian, and he's clearly one of those. Some mm-hmm. of the people he mentioned, they didn't have any interest in being the top comedian. They had other endeavors that they wanted to stars. be involved in. Right. Movie stars and talk show hosts and all of those things. 
Which he says. He says that what I wanted was not what they wanted. Right. And so I think that's a little bit of a separate conversation um, mm-hmm. because there's a difference between being the top in one field versus not wanting to be in that field and trying to go a completely different route. Right. But a topic for another time. Yeah. We should we should move on. What else we got? Well, since we're speaking about the people who are at the top, mm-hmm. we should talk about the Golden Globe. Succession! Hey! Succession! Listen, I gotta be honest. I don't care about the Golden Globes. I don't. And I think most of these uh, quote-unquote prestigious awards are more political than anything else. But I will also be honest and be a hypocrite and say it is nice to know your squad is winning. And for me, my squads were cleaning up. So I was very excited about what I heard. I didn't watch the Golden Globes, but I was very excited about what I heard about Succession and Oppenheimer cleaning up at the Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about you. I mean, I think everyone knows. If you ever watched that old podcast called Let's Have a Conversation. <laughs> right. If you ever watched phase one of what we do, as then we enter you would phase know two. that. Right. Succession was my obsession, and honestly, it has been taking everything. You know, I, I know pro- people probably see memes all over the internet all the time about comfort show comfort shows, and I am trying so hard not to watch Succession because I just want like the comfort of the family treating each other like shit. Right. Like <laughs> for that, you just want to hear fuck off. I just want to hear fuck off. I just a couple wanna... times. That's it. <laughs> so let me hear fuck off a few times, and I'll be all right. right. Dad, when he was alive, like, right? Just, you know, Tom and the gang and right. Shiv and L to the I OG. See, I want to see Kendall, <laughs> uh, you know, right. rap. <laughs> like I want to or listen to rap. Like right. I, I need the family back, and I have. Been, it has been taking everything out of me to like not watch it before bed. <laughs> Like, right. I could just turn it on and like watch an hour of it and then go to sleep. Right. Yeah, so I miss them. I really do, um, and I'm really excited that they they got these awards before you know um, everything was over. Everything was completely over because you know this right. would be their last award season. But yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, a few of them took away awards: Kieran Culkin, Sarah Snook. Um, Tom, I can't remember his his. Tom, name. Tom, Shiv, and, uh, and Rome. Rome won. Yes, they did. They did, and I was glad that was that awesome. it was them and not Dad. Yeah, uh, he's got enough awards. I can't remember his name right now, and but he, and he's great, and he's doing all kinds of other stuff. And it's not to yeah. say they're not, but he's he's been work he's been working. I mean, he's the voice of McDonald's. <laughs> he's got plenty of things going on. He's got plenty going on. He's also on, at a very so. different stage in his career, right? Like, right. he's been around for eons. And some of these other actors, although they may have been around a while, they have not been seen on the same type of stages. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. Rome was in Home Alone eons ago as a kid. But, 
he wasn't seen on the same stages as when he was doing Succession. Yeah, yeah. I I was watching Home Alone a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, Rome! Right. <laughs> Look at little Rome. Little Rome, before he was right. Rome. <laughs> right. Little glasses. Many years before, right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'm excited about that, too. I'm excited about Oppenheimer, because Oppenheimer was just a great film. Listen, I got to be honest. After hearing about that, I watched a little bit of Oppenheimer last night before bed. Oh, you did? I was like, you know, I got I got the Blu-ray for Christmas. Let me uh, pop this in for a little while. You know what I'm saying? I see, so, I see, I see. You know, I couldn't watch the whole three hours, but I watched maybe an hour and change, maybe an hour and 20 minutes. And I was like, all right, now I think I can go lay down, you know. Okay. But, yeah. You got a, the, and, and okay, so you got the Blu-ray. Does it have all of the extra footage? Because remember we talked about, yeah, I have it. I didn't, and that's what I didn't watch because I knew if I go watch this extra footage stuff that I'm really intrigued about, I might not sleep at all. Mm. So I just watched the regular film, but it does have, like we spoke about, it has uh, behind the scenes, like the making of the film uh, group of, it's like a, a doc of making the film. And then they have stuff about Oppenheimer's life specifically, like the doc we said they were going to have. Um, And it says more. Those are the only two things it says. And then it says, and more. But I haven't looked at it yet because I knew if I went and checked it, I'd I'd be up all night probably. So. Okay. I'll get it. But uh, yeah. And then there was a movie. Let me pull it up. Let me get the specs. There was a movie I never heard of that also won a bunch of awards at the Golden Globes. Oh, the, Um, The Anatomy of a Fall? That's what it's called? Yeah. Oh, and, then I don't need to do anything. Look at you know it. I don't even got to look it up. Good job. Yeah. Dash. And Poor Things was the other one? Poor Things just came out. Emma Stone is the star. That shit came out like right before Christmas. I'm shocked that it Did won you see it? anything. I have not seen it. It does not look interesting in my opinion. It's okay. like the it's like they made a woman Frankenstein in modern day and put her out in the world. And is there a new Frankenstein movie or show coming out? Lisa Frankenstein? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I never heard of that. You know something yeah. I don't know. I never heard of that. Yeah, there's something new coming out. A new Frankenstein. But it's not the Frankenstein. It's mm. I think it's Lisa Frankenstein. And I want to say it's a series. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's the whole premise of Poor Things, right? It's this... <laughs> Frankenstein-like creature who Emma Stone plays and is sent out into the world mm-hmm. and is supposed to like, you know, it's like a robot trying to become a person kind of thing, right? Yeah. And so it's like, I want to touch this and experience that and this and that. Like in the trailer, they she has, there's a sex, it's like the right after sex scene, her and someone are panting in bed. And she's like, oh, I'd like to do that again. Why don't people do this all the time? And then there's another scene in the trailer where she's at a restaurant and a baby's crying. And she mm-hmm. says, excuse me, I'm going to go punch that baby in the face. And oh. so it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like that kind of movie from the trailer. It didn't look interesting to me. I mean, whatever. But that won some awards as well. Uh, you know, Barbie did their thing. Billie Eilish won another award. Uh, I, I just learned today... 
what that song is. I know the oh, song. I don't know what song it is. Okay. <laughs> very slow song i mean billy eilish doesn't do fast songs from what i know but i'm also not a billy eilish fan so i could be completely wrong oh wasn't but her what? first single fast i have no idea maybe i'm completely wrong and i'm okay with that i don't i'm not well versed with billy eilish i just know about the baggy know. clothes and then the non-baggy clothes i don't even know about that but i know you've told me but i, I outside of you telling me i don't know anything about that but I happened to be, list as I was getting ready for the pod, I was listening to a playlist that someone else created. And the song came on. And I was like, what's this song called? And there it was. Billie and Eilish. And yeah. And that's why I won the best song. Yes. I know it from TikTok. So. Wow. What a surprise. Because actually, not in a good way, but because I keep thinking to myself, oh, these TikToks are so depressing with this song. The song is just so slow. And it's like, what? okay, this is depressing. Next, please. Just I you gotta move on from it. Yeah, it's up. Right. But I'm sure it's a beautiful song if I, you know. Right. And then uh, Beef, a limited series on Netflix. Beef won mm -hmm. a couple of awards as well. Yeah, I know um, that one was controversial. but I know a few people you know. who watched it and tried to convince me to watch it. They said it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, he actually got a role in Marvel because of it. But for many reasons, he actually just left the role in Marvel. Um, yeah, but, I remember the controversy around it. but Yeah, but I didn't watch it, but I heard... I've been told by a few people that it's a really good show. It's definitely worth watching. I have not watched it. Um, um, who else won? Barbie, Oppie, Beef. Oh, The Holdovers, which was a really weird, dark comedy, won the comedy awards, basically. Um, yeah. Paul Giamatti Paul won. Giamatti. And what was that? I, no, I was saying Paul Giamatti. Yes, Paul Giamatti won, and so did his supporting actress in the film, whose name I don't know, um, but that was cool to see. Sabina. Oh, okay, I didn't. I don't know her name. To be honest, I'd never. I don't think I've ever seen her before. Holdovers. Davina I don't know. I'm not familiar with her work. I feel like she's been in a few things, but her name is Davina, and I can't remember her last name right now. Gotcha. But yeah, so Holdovers won a couple of awards. That was interesting because I didn't, I, I would not have expected that. Um, oh, and the movie we keep talking about, but we haven't seen, Killers of the Flower Moon lost most of their nominations, but won Best Actress. I got to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Well, I hope you have a lot of free time for the three and a half hours that it is. I still stand on segments. I say watch it in bits and pieces. That's probably the best way to watch it. But eventually, I'll watch it, and that's how I'll do it. I'll be like, all right, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here, an hour here, 40 minutes there. Is it, is it anywhere yet? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I can check. I mean, you we don't can, have to can check, but I can, I can look right, it up fine. later. No specs. <laughs> I can look it up later, but I'm just wondering because 
traveling soon. Maybe that's... Oh, well, there you go. Maybe that'll be your travel movie. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's the Golden Globes. And then uh, in film and media, you know, it came out recently that <laughs> another powerhouse is possibly going to merge with Warner Brother Discovery. So two powerhouses are going to merge. <laughs> yeah. The the um the tree is is the branches on the tree. It's kind of, it keeps getting smaller and smaller or rather less branches. Um, I mean, if Paramount, which is who's said to be merging, if Paramount merges with Discovery slash Warner Brothers, and that is one conglomerate, they will pretty, that's pretty much it for streaming. It's going to be that and Disney. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's really not any other competitor. They're small potatoes because they're either a subsidiary of one or the other. Yeah, or Disney. But yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying of the conglomerate or Disney. Yeah. There used to be like the big seven and now it's like... It's like the big three. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, It would have made college a lot easier if it was only two of them. I used to have to know it by heart. (laughs) It would have made life a lot easier back then. But... I mean, what you think? You you know. Let's talk about it. I know you have some some ties to some of these industry uh, industries, and you know. I'm a former employee of Paramount Global, although it was not called Paramount Global when I worked there. It was simply called Viacom. Right. <laughs> so, um, and it's gone through multiple iterations since then. Um, right. Listen, I think. Now I might get killed by the the anti-capitalists here, but I I think that growth is always great. I think the problem, as the small fish in the company, I think the problem comes when changes happen and jobs are lost, restructuring happens, um, things like that. Um, I don't... I get nervous about the... I know that media is, is... a bunch of monopoly monopolies right i think there's a, another word that defines multi monopolies but i it escapes me right now but um, i know that that's the way the media industry exists right like yeah. even on the advertising side you have like your big six agencies in most industries, control. there's five or six in five or six companies that control everything. Right, but when you make such a small number smaller, you know it. It could be a good thing, and it could be a bad thing, right? Correct. Like it will. I think from a content perspective, I think the possibilities become endless, right? Like. As an as as a, a member of the audience, we will probably benefit quite a bit from them collaborating. 
Whether right. it be something as simple as, oh, I'm going on this streaming site and now I can see a show from over there, over here, you know, right. and it's convenient because I already pay for this one or whatever. But then that also right. means that our fees will probably go up again, right? Correct. Um, yep. That's the then, first thing I thought about. I was like, well, second thing. First thing I thought was, man, there will really only be them and Disney at this point. Second yeah. thing I thought about was, if they own so much of the streaming stuff and it'll all be on one platform, which is what I assume they're going to do because that's what they did with the, with the discovery stuff, then yeah, we're going to be paying more for streaming. That's what that means, which is right. already happening, by the way. And because it's a merger, because it's a merger and it's not a straight up acquisition, right? there, there may be some separation right like it may have um um like you said those other companies are subsidiaries and that's probably maybe how they'll do it they'll have one name and then they'll have the different branches on their tree now right um so we may not see we may not see the paramount plus app and the Max app necessarily become one. What we may see is that we we can access one from the other. Right. Um, or I'm wrong. And they Or it could be like what Disney's doing. Disney currently has bundles where you could right. do everything together or you could right. do separate. I think it'll be more like that, right? I think I think that there will yeah. be some sort of division because I think that each uh, title does service a different need. Um, and I would be really curious to see what MTV, and when I say MTV, I mean MTV Media Group, I would be really interested because there's about, I want to say, has to be about 20 titles under MTV Media Group, maybe 15 oh, wow. to 20, if I not even a little bit that. more than that. Yeah, because when you think about the uh, Paramount umbrella, I think there's a total of like 30 networks, okay. give or take. They might have changed and morphed into things over the years, but more or less, it's around that number. And right. just with under, and MTV is the largest group, and MTV mm -hmm. has, I think, about 15 to 20 t titles. I would be curious to see what what those divisions, how, how they deal with that, right? Because Max, you can kind of say, okay, it's mostly movies or it's like all of that discovery content. It's like those reality shows like, you know, the Pimple Popper and <sighs> Sex Sent Me to the ER and things like that. There's all of that. Yep. The you stuff should... I, I stay completely away from. I don't know why you stay away from that. When you when when you do sexual intellectual, you should totally watch Sex and the Doctor. Oh, maybe for that one, but that pimple popper <laughs> stuff. Oof. I think that would be hilarious if you did a deep dive on sexual intellectual about why. About sex sent me to the ER. ER. <laughs> maybe. That would be so good. It's such a fascinating thing, too. People would be like, oh, my gosh, they show up. And the funny thing is when they don't want to tell the doctor how it happened. <laughs> oh, I would imagine, yeah. I would imagine that happens often. Yeah, it does. It does. But anyway. Because you don't want to say I stuck my penis in a cucumber or some craziness. like. Right. 
or like a couple uses some sort of device or some sort of object and then they get stuck together and things like right. that yeah it's yeah or or like a man can't get his penis to arise acid yeah his penis has been erect for like five hours oh the opposite right the opposite yeah 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 yeah, yeah. all all types of things but <laughs> fascinating stuff but yeah um i think it'll be interesting to see how they how they move things around um, yeah. and what and what that means and and will those will those divisions still again because they're calling it a merger i would imagine that their divisions will probably stay similar to the way they are now but can you imagine if like i don't know i can't even imagine an app that houses max discovery and paramount like mtv yeah. and, all the, and cbs and all it's that. a lot Showtime. it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot. And so it would it would probably be wiser, like you said, to do that bundle situation. Yeah. But who knows? It hasn't happened yet. That's what's said to be happening possibly soon. I wonder will the FTC get involved? Hmm. I mean Because the Federal I, I Trade Commission some... is usually who steps in when these yeah. type of things are happening. But they let Disney do a lot of shit, so maybe not. Because Disney sure... owns like fucking everything. I'm sure they have to I'm sure they have to stick to certain guidelines, though. That's what I'm saying. So I wonder. You know. Because that's what makes me curious if the FTC is going to get involved because this is a huge merger and one just happened. I mean, the Discovery Warner Brothers one just happened. Yeah. What I'm saying is I would think that their lawyers are already prepared for whatever the FTC guidelines are. Ah, okay. So if if that's the case, then they're already involved because they have to, they set the guidelines and they have to follow them or they have to find the loopholes so they could get around the guidelines. Uh, That was a good point. That's a good point. um, So we'll see, but really interesting, really fascinating. This is definitely up my wheelhouse. I'm I'm really interested in. Yeah, that's why I said, oh, I'm curious what you think about it. I mean, I hope that means, you know, better wages for the people over at Paramount. Psych. I mean, they could do better. On that note, (laughs) time to go. Yep. Exit stage left. Ladies and gentlemen. Mic drop. Mic drop. That's right. All right. We're out of here. This is the very first episode of Weeknights. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Maybe hit the notification bell on YouTube. And uh, enjoy once again with us. Because we'll be back real soon. We'll be back tomorrow night. And so we'll see y'all tomorrow night. And hit us in the comments and let us know which was more fascinating to you. Halle Bailey's Baby Halo or Cat Williams? (laughs) Wait, what would you say? Halo? Halo. Halo. So she loved Beyonce so much that she... Never mind. Never mind. All right, we see y'all tomorrow.